Hey, Praise Chapel family, uh, welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Isaac, and tonight you'll be we'll be talking about Jehovah Shalom, our Lord, our peace. And so, despite the situations that are surrounding us, despite all the turmoil and the unrest that's around us, we can have hope and confidence that our God is our peace. And so, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, continue to support the ministry, and God bless you guys. Well, again, good evening, everyone. It's it's so good to be with you tonight. Um, it's always a, a privilege and an honor for me to be able to be with you and to deliver the Word of God. Uh, I believe that God has put something on, on my heart tonight that's relevant for the times that we're all experiencing. And I'm just really excited for what, what God is going to do here tonight. Um, again, we appreciate you being with us. Before we get started, I would ask uh, if you know anyone that could benefit from this message, benefit from uh, the ministry as we as we get online on both uh, Facebook and YouTube, I'd ask you to please uh, share this and uh, and send it out to other people. Uh, also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. That'll help us get this message out. But uh, but again, uh, I, I want to pray. Uh, before I get into this message. And so if you're out there with me, um, uh, why, why don't you just bow your head and reverence to God and pray with me. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your faithfulness. Father, we know, Lord, that you hold us in your hands, God, that you're sovereign. And in that thought, God, in that, in that understanding, in that confidence, God, Lord, we have peace in the midst of turmoil. And so we honor you tonight. We pray your Holy Spirit be with us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. I do, wanna, uh, I do want to, um, to address uh, the current situation that's surrounding us. Um, we, we know the global pandemic and the crisis that that's created in our economy, um, small business owners, and, 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 uh, and really, uh, really everyone. Over 40 million people are, un, are, are on unemployment. Uh, with that, we understand all the civil unrest and, uh, and the protests, the peaceful protests, and even those that are uh, those that are rioting and looting. And uh, and I, I just want to I just want to kind of bring some clarity to this moment. Even as a father uh, talking to my children, I've found a, a need to have a response. And and really, the Bible talks to us about being able to have a response for every situation and everything. And so even as a man, as, as, as a father of, of four beautiful children, I felt the, ne- the need to be able to communicate and bring some clarity to this. And we understand, we understand that we stand for, as Christians, we, we stand for justice. We stand for love. Uh, these, are, these are core foundational building blocks to, the, to, to how we live our lives. But, my, but, but the thing that I've, I've uh, really resolved to is the fact that we are always to point to Jesus. And so in everything that we do, our actions, our responses, and everything that we do, we are, always, we are always pointing people to Jesus. I'm always looking at Jesus and looking at his life. And we understand there's several, there's several instances, instances in the Bible where we see that Jesus stepped over uh, racial lines and prejudices and barriers and all these different things to reach out to the one, to reach out to the disenfranchised, to reach out to those that were marginalized. And that's, and, and that's, the, that's the context in which uh, I, I choose to live my life and to lead my family. And so I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to address that. Uh, in Micah 6.8, it says this, and I think this, is, this could be good for all of us to embrace. It says, He has told you, O man, talking about God, this is the prophet of God speaking, talking about God. He has told you, O man, what is good. 
And what does the Lord require but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And so I believe that that's our direction tonight. That's our mission tonight is that we would do justice and that we would love kindness and that we would walk humbly with our God. And so I'm going to speak tonight about peace. We're in, our, we're in our sermon series, I Am Feeling, and tonight I am feeling peace. And now many of you could, could probably be sitting there and, and wondering, what is this guy talking about? Um, you just talked about the global pandemic, and you talked about 40 million people in unemployment in, in the U.S., uh, we, we see uh, in, on, on, on the media and the news stories of, of the violence and all the different things that are going on around us. But I am feeling peace tonight. And that's what I want to speak to you uh, tonight about. I was reading and I found this. It's out of uh, the Moody Bible Institute in an in a article that was published in 1988 called Today in the Word. And it says this, the personal journal reported this incredible statistic since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time. In its study, it discovered that of 3,500 3, years of recorded history, only 286 years have seen peace. Moreover, in excess of 8,000 peace treaties, I'm going to say that one more time, in excess of 8,000 thousand peace treaties in that time were made and were broken. And so I want to tell you that turmoil, war, violence, unrest, all these different things have been with us and, and have been consistent in recorded history. But I'll tell you, I, I want to say this, and I, I saw this, our, our evangelist David D. Hernandez posted this. He said this, he said that Jesus is still the answer and the gospel is still the mission. And I'm here to declare that to you tonight, that despite everything that's going on around us, Jesus is still the answer, and the gospel is still our mission. I want to talk to you about a story, and, uh, and I've entitled this story, uh, Picture Perfect Peace. Now, I'm sure that uh, many of you could have your own idea as to what a picture perfect peace uh, picture, uh, a picture of peace would look like in your own mind. Maybe it's a, may, maybe it's it's there by the lakeside and and a and a glass lake and and just hanging out. Maybe it's you doing some meditation or or just you know or or, or just peace and quiet and, and all those different things. Well, there's a story that I found about a uh, uh, an art demonstration and really it was a it was an art contest. And so the story goes like this: Long ago, a man sought the perfect picture of peace. Not finding one that satisfied, he announced a contest to produce this masterpiece. The challenge stirred the imagination of artists everywhere, and paintings arrived from far and wide. Finally, the great day of revelation arrived. The judges uncovered one peaceful scene after another, while the, while the viewers clapped and cheered. The tensions grew. Only two pictures remained veiled. As the judge pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. A mere smooth lake reflected lacy green, green birches under the soft blush of the evening sky. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely, this was the winner. 
And I'm sure you can see that image there on the screen. And it just looks, it looks like peace. This is picture perfect edge of the falls. One of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters as if foolishly seeking to experience its full power. A little bird had built a nest in the elbow of that branch, content and undisturbed. I'm going to say that one more time. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings. She rested on her eggs with, eyes, with her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones. She manifested peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. Martin Luther King Jr. says this. He says that true peace is not merely the absence of tension or turmoil or unrest. It is the presence of justice. And I'm here to declare to you in Isaiah 30, the Bible says that the Lord is the God of justice. And our God is here. Our God is present. He is our present help. And so tonight I, I want to get into this thought about God as our peace. And many of you know uh, the names of God specifically tonight. I think one, one of the most celebrated names of God that we use quite often is Jehovah Jireh. And we could celebrate that. We could cheer about that. We could get behind that. And we understand that, that God is our provider. And if you understand the story of which that comes from, uh, Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. And in the midst of this sacrifice, God provided a ram. And so we celebrate and we, we call Jehovah Jireh. He is the one that provides all of our needs. And tonight I want to talk about Jehovah Shalom. Now, the first time you'll see this in, in scriptures in Judges 6, and this is, this is the story of Gideon. And, and Gideon is a, is a story that's, that's been preached about every different way. And so I don't, I don't anticipate, I don't expect to come to you with this great revelation about the story of Gideon. But what I want to do is highlight and bring context to how we could have peace in the midst of turmoil. Peace in the midst of things going crazy all around us. And so in, in, in this story in Judges, in the days of Gideon, the children of Israel were living in constant state of fear, apprehension, dread. I'm going to say this one more time. We may, we may find uh, a, a, a connection here. But they were living in a constant state of fear, dread, fearfulness, apprehensiveness, agitation, anxiety, worry, and nervousness. I don't know, maybe there's some out, out there right now that could, that, that could kind of bear witness with this. Maybe you've felt, uh, maybe in the last 60 days, the last 90 days, you felt like there, there's this overwhelming fear, this, there's this overwhelming anxiety, there's this overwhelming apprehension that's going on in your, in your life. Well, Gideon was there, he was right there with you, and he understood this. The Midianites were, a, were an army that, listen to this, the Midianites were an army that were once defeated. I want that to sink into your mind here. The Israelites had come in and defeated the Midianites in the history. And now the Midianites are reemerging as this enemy and now has the children of Israel on the run. I want to stop and say something to you right now. God has given you victory over things, enemies, things in your life. 
things that have opposed the righteousness of God, things that have opposed the promises and the gifts of God on your life. God has given you victory over those things. But because we posture ourselves in a place of fear, because we allow fear to come into our hearts, come into get a foothold in our lives, these enemies begin to reemerge in our lives. And I'm here to tell you that the, that the Lord has given you victory over those things, and we need to keep those enemies defeated and in their place. So the Midianites reemerge as this, this great army, and, and they have the children of Israel on the run. Now listen to this. We know the story of Gideon. We know that, we fought, that the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon while he's, while he's uh, um, threshing wheat in the wine press. And we say, well, that, that's cool. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily in the right place that he should be doing that. But uh, whatever. He's hiding and, 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 he's, and he's doing what, what, what's right for his family. But oftentimes, potentially what we forget is that Gideon, not only Gideon, but the children of Israel are not even occupying their own home anymore. They've now been chased out of their home by fear, by a, a defeated enemy. They're now chased out of their rightful place and now hiding in dens and in caves in the mountains. Now, this is the context in which Gideon is called and commissioned. And so, uh, and so um, uh, Matthew Henry says this. He says, distressed he, Gideon, was threshing his wheat, not in the proper place, but by the wine press, in some private, unsuspected corner for fear of the Midianites. He had fear that had gripped him. And so listen to this. It was in this personal season of fear, this personal season of, of anxiety and apprehension. It was in this, this very, very low place not only in the history of the children of Israel, but in Gideon personally. It was in this low place that the Lord appeared to Gideon and commissioned him that he, and, and told him that he, would that he would lead Israel in deliverance over the people that were oppressing him and tormenting him. And so I'm here to tell you this, that the day of our greatest distress, listen to this, the day of our greatest distress is God's time to appear for our greatest relief. And I, I want to tell you tonight, if you're in a place of distress, if you're in a place of unrest, that is where God shows up. And God will show up and give you your greatest relief. And so, here at Ophra, again in, in, in Judges chapter 6, here at Ophra, where he builds this, he builds this, this, uh, um, this altar to affirm what God has said to him in his life. There's three things that happened here as he built, as he built this altar. Three things, and I'm, I'm going to say it quickly. It's that the Lord had been with, he, he reminds Gideon that the Lord had been with the Israelites every stage of their journey and was with them still. And so listen, oftentimes in this place where we're fearful, God will remind us of the victories that he gave us previously. And not only that, he'll remind you of the victories that he gave you previously and remind you that he's the same and he's still right here with you now. He also reminded Gideon that, that he, was, he was going to always be with him presently. He was his present help right now. And lastly, that he would be with him in the trials and the battles to come. I believe that God has still given us those three promises to, today. Is that God is going to give us a victory. He's going to show us the victory that, that he gave us in the past. He's going to give us the promise that he is here with us right now in the present. And that he will be with us in the trials to come. This too will pass. 
in the next trial that comes before us. God will be with us right there. God will be our peace in the middle of those things that are, that are on, its, on their way. And so listen, so the same way that God strengthened Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, chapter one verse 9, right before Joshua was, was going to inherit the, the, the promised land, we know that the word of the Lord came and told, told Joshua to be strong and courageous. And so just like that, in Judges 6.23, as, as the angel of the Lord commissions Gideon, he gives them a promise. And I believe that promise is here for us tonight as well, church. And he says, peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. I'm here to tell you, peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And so again, overwhelmed by this affirmation that God has given him, God called him a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor. He responded to him, he said, God, you, are you sure you got the right person? I'm the least of my tribe. And in my tribe, I'm the least of the tribe. I'm, I'm, I'm the runt of the litter. And God said, you are my man. You are the man of valor. And so why is this significant today? Why is this significant today? Well, Oftentimes in the Old Testament, you see that Jesus or, or, or that God appears and he appears and he identifies himself in what the children of Israel need in that moment. I just told you about Jehovah Jireh in a moment of, of, of need, in a moment of de desperation, Abraham had in his life and this promise that he had given him. And I'm sure there was a lot of, there was a lot of questions going on in his mind in that moment. But in the moment of his greatest need, G God showed up. Jehovah Jireh showed up and he was his provider. And so again, in this moment, in their greatest need, Jehovah Shalom showed up. The God of peace showed up. And so in Zephaniah 3.17, it says that the Lord your God is with you. And God was very much alive and invested in the well-being of his people back then and today. God is very interested. God is pursuing us on personal level, you as an individual, God wants to be your peace in the midst of your anxiety, in the midst of your storm and what's going on around you. Now we know oftentimes in the Old Testament, we see it, we hear about it, we preach about it all the time. But we know it, even in, in, in the book of Judges where God would raise up a righteous judge and bring deliverance to the people, they would, they would have a time of peace. They would have a time of, of tranquility. They would have a time to be able to celebrate God. But quickly, quickly, fear would begin to come back in. Complacency would begin to creep back into the children of Israel. And quickly they would forget the deliverance of God and fall back to the cycle of sin. And so I'm here to tell you that God will never abandon his people and God is always near. God cannot, God cannot contradict himself. God cannot deny himself. And so if he's given us a promise, he's going to fulfill it. And so there's three things that I want, I want to share with you. First, first of all, that, that God will always remind us that he will provide for our needs. In Psalms 81.10 and Psalms 10.3, that's a promise that God gives us that he will provide all of our needs. Isaiah 41.10 says that he'll protect us from those who, who seek to harm us. God is our protector. God is our warrior king. And lastly, in Isaiah 
God reminds us that his, that, that he has, his love is prevailing. His love will always prevail in our lives. And so when the Israelites kept their eyes on the Lord and obeyed his commands and held on to his promises, they found peace in his presence. And I hear, I'm here to encourage you to keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Obey his commands. Hold on to his promises. And in that, you'll find peace in his presence. Isaiah 26.3 says, the steadfast, mind, uh, the, stead, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. And so we're not trusting in ourselves. We're not trusting in, in the things that are around us, but we're trusting in God alone. And so God is the one who brings calm where there's chaos, stability where there is struggle. Those who trusted in him find comfort and calm in the midst of the worst storms, struggles, or battles. Now, I'm saying a lot of things, and I'm talking about a lot of old stuff, Old Testament, Abraham, and, and Joshua, and Gideon, and the judges, and all these different things. Why is that relevant today? Well, the writer of Hebrews says in 13.8 that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever and the power of God and the peace he offers are very much present and available to each and every one of us today God is always true to his promises I'm going to say that one more time God is always true to his promises Jesus to, with his disciples he, he told them that there was going to be trouble in this, in this world in this life John 14 27 he says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Do not be fearful. He also reminded us in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, for I have overcome the world. And so in his presence, we have the power to overcome the stress of today and the anxiety of the future. 1 Peter 5, 7, we all know this scripture, but it says, cast all our cares and anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for us. And so peace is the direct opposite of fear. Peace provides perspective. Peace encourages hope. Peace builds confidence. Peace inspires courage and peace affirms trust in the power of God. We're all overwhelmed. We're, we're all stressed. We, we all have anxiety at, at some time in our life. But in Philippians 4, 6, it says that the peace of God that passes all understanding is ours. It's yours and it's mine. And so listen, we, cannot, we, we can't control the uncertainties and the circumstances of this life. We can't control it. But in the presence of God, Jehovah Shalom, we can find hope, joy, strength, and peace to face each day. Now what can we do? What can we do as the church? I love to see and I celebrate those that have, 
have stepped out in peaceful protest and those that have spoke up against injustice. I love that. I celebrate that. I, I, I stand in solidarity with, with all of that. And so God has called us to be peacemakers. Now, what does that mean exactly? Um, I'm sure a lot of people have different definitions, but a biblical definition of a peacemaker could be found in the scripture. And I think of many stories. I don't have time to get into all the different stories, but I think of the story of David, Nabal, and Abigail. And if you know that story, uh, you know that Nabal was, was a wealthy man that tended a, a big land, and, and David, while he was on the run, was tending that, that land and taking care of that land. And David needed food, and so he sends, he sends a message to Nabal. Now understand what Nabal means. Nabal means foolish. And so if, if you define that and you understand what that means, this was a foolish man. And he shows his folly in the way that he responds to David. And David goes and asks for food. And Nabal, Nabal turns around and insults him. Doesn't show him justice. Doesn't show him kindness. Doesn't show him love. Now, fast forward through that story David gets, gets word back and he's ready to kill Nabal. He's re ready to plunder Nabal in his fields and his home. And there was a peacemaker that rose up in this time. Now, Abigail, she could have easily told her husband and, and fortified their, their home and fought against and, and was prepared for it. Could have done that. But instead, she chose to be a peacemaker. And we know the story that she supplied food for David. And, uh, and we know the story goes on that actually Abigail was, was taken care of by David because of her kindness, because of her justice, because of her stepping out and being a peacemaker. She, was, uh, she, she had the blessing of God on her. I think of another story. I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we all know the story about the Roman soldier that comes and the, and the enemies come to Jesus to, uh, to, to arrest him. And uh, the soldier that, that Peter stri strikes in the ear, his name is Malchus, or hopefully I'm pronouncing that, that right. But we all, we, all under, we all know that story where Peter thinks that he's doing the right thing. He's defending his right. He's defending his cause in this moment. And so in Matthew 26, 50 through 54, I'm going to read it here so that we understand it and we can get it here. It says that the men stepped forward to seize Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Jesus re re replies and says, Put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way. Now, I'm not here, I'm not going to try to explain all the things and why, why, why there's trouble in this earth and all that kind of stuff. Jesus told us that there was going to be trouble in this earth. But I know this much, I know that, that God is sovereign. Pastor Omar talked about this in his sermon last week about pain and that we know that God doesn't cause pain. All these things that are going on in this world today, God didn't cause these things, but God is going to use these things for his purpose. God is sovereign. And so all these things will happen and he'll take them and he'll use them for his will and for his purpose. Jesus told us in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 9, he says that blessed are the peacemakers. I'm going to say that one more time. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And so tonight, 
I want to encourage you to be a peacemaker. I want to encourage you to allow Jehovah Shalom to come into your heart, come into your life, come into your world. In the midst of trial, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of violence and the things that are going on all around you, you could have peace. Again, peace is not the absence of trials. Peace is not the absence of turmoil. But peace is having the hope of God in the midst of turmoil. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.